the fifth mindfulness training. Everyone can hear me? Okay. Um, nourishment and healing. Aware of the suffering caused by unmindful consumption, I am committed to cultivating good health, both physical and mental, for myself, my family, and my society by practicing mindful eating, drinking, and consuming. I will practice looking deeply into how I consume the four kinds of nutriments, namely edible foods, sense impressions, volition, and consciousness. I'm determined not to gamble or to use alcohol, drugs, or any other products that contain toxins, such as certain websites, electronic products, electronic games, TV programs, films, magazines, books, and conversations. I will practice coming back to the present moment to be in touch with the refreshing, healing, and nourishing elements in me and around me, not letting regrets and sorrow drag me back into the past nor letting anxieties, fear, or craving pull me out of the present moment. I'm determined not to try to cover up loneliness, anxiety, or other suffering by losing myself in consumption. I will contemplate interbeing and consume in a way that preserves peace, joy, and well-being in my body and consciousness and in the collective body and consciousness of my family, my society, and the earth. I'd like to start my talk by offering four questions for you to think about, for each of us to think about what might be particularly alive for us in this moment and about this practice and take a little bit of time to, to allow a chance to think about that. How do I nourish my life? How does what I eat and drink nourish my life? How do sense impressions nourish my life? How does my volition nourish my life?
How does my consciousness nourish my life? In a practice that, that I call habits of mind and habits of heart, clarifying and fortifying what I love is key. And it, it has given me a lot of opportunity to, continues to give me a lot of opportunity to nourish my life and, and, and heal how I create and build on the things that I love most deeply seem, seems really crucial to this training. Um, I remember having a really strong sense of volition as a fourth grader when it occurred to me that I wanted to become a doctor. And um, I really felt like I had a calling for that. And, um, you know, I was the, the kid in the class who was chosen to explain the medical instruments to, uh, to the parents at parents night. I could pronounce big momentometer. So that was, you know, a plus. Um, so I, I pursued this, this goal in college. Um, but there were other things that really uh, spoke to me at that time. This was back in the early 70s, and I had the chance to be involved in the women's movement and the lesbian rights movement, and um, I didn't make it to med school, at least not after I graduated college. So I spent some time working in labs after my bachelor's degree, earning enough money to go to grad school. Um, and I thought, Oh, nutrition, that would be a good thing to study in grad school. That's a really good practical thing that a doctor would, would benefit by learning about. But literally, the first day that I was in grad school in my nutrition class, I knew that that was the right profession for me. And um, I just had this aha moment. Um, so I, I got a PhD in nutrition, ended up as a professor at Iowa State studying nutrition and, um, you know, did research on toxic substances and how our bodies can protect ourselves. Um, but in terms of this training, for many, many years, while I was teaching others about nutrition, I wasn't really thinking about it myself on some basic way. Um, not thinking about what I ate, not being mindful about it really at all. And um, then I, I joined up with some faculty friends who really helped me work on focusing about learning about learning. And opened to me the beginning of thinking about mindfulness um, in certain ways, thinking about my thinking. And um, then about, oh, I guess it must be 20 years ago now, um, 
15, 20 years ago, um, I, I was diagnosed with prediabetes. Um, and um, I was a lot fatter than I am now, but you know, there's an association with body fat and, and diabetes. And I started, uh, I, I had one of those transformational moments of thinking, oh, I wonder, I, I love food so much. I love eating, I love like eating with gusto. And I really wasn't sure that I was gonna be capable of transforming my eating uh, because I was so attached to that part of my life and having certain you know, ways of thinking about habits. But you know, there's a simple, well, I don't know how simple it is, but on some level, um, you know, I was teaching introductory nutrition and there's this, you know, U.S. government plan called My Plate, food pyramid, and now it's called My Plate. And like most Americans, and I think this continues to be true today, um, you know, I knew about the plan, but I wasn't practicing it. But what I did realize about myself was, oh, it asks you to eat lots of fruits and vegetables. I love fruits and vegetables. I, I love them. Not everyone does. <laughs> I realized this, but I, I did. And I could actually eat nine servings of fruits and vegetables a day. And the thing about doing that is it basically crowds out less nourishing calories. And the other part, the other thing I realized about myself I hadn't really been doing is I really enjoy exercise. And so the combination of just eating fruits and vegetables, gradually ramping up my level of exercise, I was able to lose about 40 pounds and keep the pre-diabetes just you know, at that level. Um, and then when I retired and moved here, which is, was at the beginning of 2018, um, there was a lot going on in my life that, that first year, and I guess it was probably good. Uh, my, my parents had both just died the fall that I retired, and there were, there were just a lot of transitions going on in my life. So starting in January of 2019, I was thinking, you know, I've, I've been kind of living on the edge of this pre-diabetes thing for a really long time. You know, is there something more that I can do to just really practice my mindfulness in a little, even a little bit more deliberate way? And I'd had some techniques that I'd applied before, but also some things that I thought, well, you know, maybe I can put this together in a little bit different way. And so I realized that I could take a combination of really wanting to, to be more mindful about what I was eating and my love of numbers and just really do, I, I found this little, this online food and exercise log thing that I've basically been doing for the last year and a half. And so every day, you know, this might sort of seem a little obsessive, but it's not, it, 
I mean, and I'm, you know, this is just my story and I'm not like giving any advice or recommending this to any other person. But for me, just the, the idea of being able to keep track of this and feeling pretty familiar with, you know, knowledge about foods and how many calories they contain and stuff like that. And there's this whole program that helps you do that anyway. I just keep track of this every day. And I've been doing that for the last year and a half. And basically, when I embarked on it, I just thought to myself, are you going to be able to do this for the rest of your life? Do you think you're going to be able to do this? And my answer was yes. And I think that's pretty much what I'm going to end up doing. I mean, obviously, we'll have to see um, as things move on. But I've lost about 30 pounds over the last year and a half and moved down into um, just a level that I'm a little bit more comfortable with, not living quite on the edge as much. And my doctor even told me to stop taking this one medication that I'd been on for like 15 years. Now, I'm in early stages of this, and I really don't know if I'm going to be free of diabetes. Um, I'll learn more when I go and see her again in June, but you know, and it was actually a little bit terrifying to stop taking that medication. Um, but so far, it seems like like I'm doing I'm doing okay. Um, but I feel like like in terms of this this training, the thing that has been ama really literally amazing to me is that I've learned that my that that my sense of what's enough could actually change and change profoundly so that I could eat like a piece of chocolate and and that's good and it satisfies me or like one little scoop of ice cream or just you know essentially taking each bite and savoring each bite of what I'm eating and honestly I think that it's brought me to uh, um, even more enjoyment of of food in my life. Um, and I, I really, I enjoy my diligence and mindfulness about this aspect of my life. It's also reinforced something else for me, which is that when I tell myself to do something, I can do it. Now, I, I feel like that needs a little bit more explanation because I, I think that there are ways, you know, there are things that I've told myself that haven't necessarily stuck with me, but there are things that I can tell myself that come from a particularly, all I can say is just a deep place inside of me. And so there are three aspects in particular that strike me as, you know, from my experience as a like a nutrition professional and and helping students learn how to help other people, you know, be healthy in their lives. Um, eating right, what, however you consider that, exercising or getting enough physical activity and practicing meditation are three things that a lot of people struggle with. 
in their lives in terms of developing those consistencies of just being in that practice and really doing them. And I feel like my volition really nourishes me in all of those dimensions. And they come in all three of those cases, that deep place within me comes from two things. It comes from actual scientific evidence um, that I, I have explored and I, I think that I know that you know, there are ways of eating that are, that are healthier for me. And that might, there might be, there are lots of different ways that can be healthy and different people have different ways of thinking about that. But I, you know, I, I know about that and I, I study it and pay attention to it. But I also love, I love that part of my life. I love eating the fresh tomatoes right out of my garden when they're still warm. I just love that. I also know about the research on the benefits of exercise, you know, in so many different ways in, in, for, for many of us. Uh, maybe not for every single person, but for many, many people, exercise has tremendous benefits. But I also love that. And it's been, I never thought that I would be someone who would enjoy climbing the hills of Missoula, but here I am and it's just, Oh, wonderful. You know, that feeling of exertion and sweat and breathing and sometimes making it to the top of something. And, and then for mindfulness and meditation, I also know that that's good for my health and healing. But I also deeply love the quietude and insight that it brings me. I, I want to turn my attention just a little bit to another aspect. I've sort of woven together a story about foods and volition and, and their nourishing aspect. I'd like to just touch briefly on sense impressions and what, what I feel called to say about that in my own life is like like exercise is, is not, it's not an input, it's more of an output. Like there's a, there's a way that I experience sense impressions where I feel called to then try to create something, to have an output also as a result of that sense impression. And I feel like that experience of, of both having that input of a sense impression and the output of some way that I'm expressing the meaning of that to me has also been really wonderful. So for example, um, I'm hiking up Waterworks Hill um, right after you know, we were told to shelter in place and you know, it was okay to go out and exercise as long as you were respecting social distance. And just walking up that hill, just at the beginning, there was this beautiful mountain bluebird just perched on a little wire there. And I just thought, oh, that's so cool. Um, and then one of my friends from Idaho gets a chance in her social distancing practice to go out uh, to this wonderful uh, bird watching place. And she took this great picture 
of this mountain bluebird. And I've been practicing nature journaling so uh, and learned how to do that as one of the early things that I decided to, to do. There was an opportunity to learn about it here in, in Missoula. So I was able to take her, 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 um, her picture of this bluebird and then just make a little, my own little drawing of a little bluebird. A little paint, it's a little watercolor painting of that little bluebird that I took from her photograph. So I don't know, this just struck me like there's so many, what, every single person in this group, it seems to me like is so creative. And so you have this opportunity not only to have sense impressions, but to like express yourself. And I, anyway, that's all I wanted to say about, about sense impressions at this point. I, I just think there's this whole marvelous thing that we can do. I wanna turn my attention just at the last to consciousness as a nourishment. And I, I remember this one amazing friend of mine who um, I knew right after I was out of college. And um, she told me this story about how she had had a near-death experience. She had gotten into a, an accident with a car on her bicycle and had been thrown into the air and tossed like 30 feet. And of course she survived, but she'd had this near-death experience. And as a result of that, I think she had this really heightened kind of consciousness. And an illustration of that was we were at a party once and somebody had had the bright idea of putting a, a, a candle in a styrofoam cup. Well, okay, that might not have been the smartest deal, but I noticed out of the corner of my eye that the thing was on fire. She leapt up like before everyone else was just sitting there she just leapt up and raced across the room, instantly put that thing out. And it, and it just struck me that here was someone who had this just special level of consciousness that I feel like our, you know, this mindfulness practice gives me a chance to have, I don't know, just a, a little bit extra level of focus. Um, ways of paying attention to things maybe that, not everyone would pay attention to, and, and things that can nourish us. I, I just love the idea in this training about our collective consciousness. And as we sit together in meditation, we, we walk together, we listen to each other deeply, share our thoughts, send out healing and gratitude. We make our world just a little bit more livable. How might I best use my consciousness of the world to, to give to others in need? It's important for me to be aware of the news, what might be needed and where, who's doing good work that I can help with somehow. I have this strong sense that you're each doing this too in all kinds of different ways. And I feel so fortified by you and just your presence and I hope that I add to our collective strength being here now. And thank you for listening. And if you all would unmute, 
maybe we could also close this with one other little, let's call it the mantra of the day. May the fourth be with us. One, two, two, three. three. May the May fourth, the fourth be, be with us. us. <laughs> Thank you.